0: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Mystic Podcast. Today we will be covering The Vampire Diaries Season 1 Episode 12. Episode title is Unpleasantville. So the title itself is, um, is actually a pun. So it's from the movie called Pleasantville. And in this episode, we have our first decade dance. So they do have quite a few decade dances throughout Vampire Diaries. Each one is as dramatic as the other. So in the previous episode, we had the road trip of Damon and Elena. We find out that Elena is adopted. We are introduced to a new character called Anna. And we find out the link between Alaric, his dead wife, and Damon. So let's get right into the episode. And... For today's episode, I'm going to go scene by scene because they did pretty they did organize it quite well, I'd say. You know, some episodes we've had to kind of like jumble between each one and I was like explaining each storyline. But for this one, let's go in chronological order. So the first scene of the episode is Stefan and Elena. And Elena is asking Stefan who the man was, who the mystery man, mystery vampire was. You know, it's exactly like Damon says. You know, there's no way that he'd know because it's not like vampires all hang out together at a bar and they know each other. Um, Yet another reference to Fangtasia from True Blood, where all the vampires hang out. So if Damon doesn't know, there's a very, very low chance that Stefan would either. And Stefan pulls out this big box of vein and is handing it to Elena, telling her to give it to, you know, family, friends. I just wish that he would have done this earlier. Like, I do think that he could have done this way earlier. Um, He said his reasoning was that he doesn't know how many vampires are in town. He doesn't know who they are. But... You know, it would have been a better idea to give it to Elena to protect her friends from Damon. And he gives her some jewelry, like a few bracelets, and he also gives her the vervain plant. So I guess that can be used to put in food or drink, maybe. And downstairs in the Gilbert residence, uh, there's a knock on the door and it's the pizza guy. And Jeremy shouts to ask Elena for money. He tells the guy to come in and to put the pizza on the table. And when Jeremy says that he can come in and he walks in. You see a smirk on his face and you kind of suss out that he's probably a vampire. And I just want to point out that I don't think it's normal to invite delivery people in to put the food in. Like, I'm not sure. Let let me know if I'm the only one that thinks this way. You know, I'm so antisocial to the point where whenever I order from like Uber or DoorDash, I ask them to leave it at the door. So I don't even need to see human beings. That's how antisocial I am. So anyways, um, Now he's been invited in and when he leaves the Gilbert residence he puts his hoodie back on and we can tell that this was the guy that was after Elena. It's the next day at school and it looks like Jeremy got an A on his paper on the history of Mystic Falls and Alaric is asking for the source that he used which is of course the Jonathan Gilbert journal. This turns out to be an extremely important journal which we will see throughout the episode and he mentions that it's Porn for history teacher which is kind of inappropriate to talk about porn to your underage student. My guess is that Alaric wants this journal because he wants to find out more info on vampires and wants to gain more knowledge and meanwhile Um, Elena is giving Caroline a vervain necklace finally you guys finally she can protect herself from Damon and it does seem that Caroline seems a type to really love jewelry I mean we saw it with the crystal that Damon gave her at first she was like hanging it in the room and everything so yeah she seems to have liked the necklace and it's mentioned that Caroline has been avoiding Elena and it's probably because of Matt because it's kind of awkward that she's been hanging around with Matt and you know Elena's his ex-girlfriend, and she also mentions that Matt still isn't over Elena. At the grill, we see Matt applying for a job, and I guess someone needs to pay the bills. You know, before it was Vicky, of course, his mom is absent, so he's needing to find a job to pay To pay for things and here we are introduced to ben and ben is a former mystic falls high student he was a football champion during his student days we find out some surprising things about him at the very end of this episode Um, At a table, Elena is talking to Bonnie. She's talking to Bonnie about how she is adopted. So we really see the difference between the friendship dynamic with Elena and Bonnie, Elena and Caroline. Elena was literally talking to Caroline earlier, giving her the necklace. Obviously, she wants Caroline to be safe, but they're not at the friendship level where they can talk about these kind of intimate family issues. Whereas when it comes to Bonnie, you know, Bonnie knows all about the vampire situation. Elena can literally you know, discuss anything with Bonnie. And an interesting point is we don't see Bonnie being given vervain. And I guess this is because witches can't be compelled by vampires. But I do think it would still good it, I do think it would still be good for her to have it, for example, to take some vervain in tea or something. Because then say a vampire goes to attack her and bites her, the vampire will be weakened by the vein. And once Elena is gone, Damon is there to talk to Bonnie. So he goes up to her multiple times this episode because he wants to get the grimoire. And Bonnie just does not want to associate with Damon at all. Ben saves Bonnie from being harassed by Damon. And I have to admit, the first few moments we saw between Ben and Bonnie was actually kind of cute. So it's really a shame when you see the ending and the actual hidden motive that Ben has. Um, it looks like Elena's done some shopping for the Decade Dance. She gets a phone call from a mystery person and it's revealed that the phone call is from the mystery vampire, the pizza delivery guy that was invited in, and he's saying to Elena that she won't get away next time. So she's panicked, she's gone to the Salvatore house and you know, is asking Stefan why he would harass her like this. And Stefan mentions that, you know, vampires are predators, so the actual hunt and stalk can be just as exciting as the kill. And he hands Elena the Gilbert watch, but of course Elena is shocked because she's like, well, why is this in your possession? So Stefan rounds up that he got it from Damon, who probably got it from Logan, who probably stole it from Jeremy. And he explains the actual story behind the Gilbert watch. it's a compass that points towards vampires and how her ancestors knew about vampires i'm guessing it's the next day at school we have like this cute little scene of caroline and matt together painting and caroline is you know throwing hints asking if matt is going to the dance saying if they should coordinate outfits um saying if they should color coordinate outfits and then matt says he has to work And I don't think Caroline intentionally meant to sound judgy. Caroline probably didn't mean any harm and was just genuinely shocked. I don't think Caroline means to, but the way she speaks sometimes, it does tend to sound very judgmental and she's very privileged. And we really see the social class difference between Caroline and Matt. I mean, we saw it with Vicky and Tyler as well, how the founding families are treated as like the top families of Mystic Falls. Um, whereas Matt isn't, you know, Matt doesn't even have a parental guardian there with him at the moment. He's literally having to um, pay for his own bills. So yeah, he says that, you know, it's work, it's a job, some of us have to work. So for Caroline's point of view, she she doesn't feel the need to work right now. Everything's provided for her. But Matt is saying not everyone has it as easy as she does. And then we have um, another scene of Anna and Jeremy. I think it was when they were at the Mystic Grill. Yeah, Jeremy was playing pool or something and Anna is being so pushy again and Jeremy is just so uninterested and I have to admit that I'm so glad that we find out that Anna is a vampire at the end of the episode because I'm I'm so relieved that the whole pushy thing was just an act and it wasn't her actual personality. Um, It just makes it all the more interesting that she is a vampire. There seems to kind of be a little bit of tension between jenna and elena still and jenna is mentioning how elena's car was towed one thing that completely baffled me is the fact that elena's car was just dumped on the side of the road and jenna doesn't seem to be worried at all she didn't seem to be worried about elena's whereabouts whether she was okay if she was in an accident you know she is supposed to be their legal guardian and on the other hand, Elena is still holding a grudge against Jenna with the whole adoption thing. So Jenna reveals more information about Elena's real birth mom. So Elena's birth mom was 16 years old. She turned up at her parents' practice. So Elena's father is a doctor. I believe I said that a couple of episodes back. And so they were looking after her, but... And so they were looking after her, but a few days later, she disappeared. And Elena's parents, Miranda and Grace and Gilbert, were already trying for a baby, but they couldn't conceive. So they decided to adopt Elena. And whenever I watched this episode in the past, I never really noticed this small detail, but re-watching it this time, I did find it kind of weird how they just took Elena in, kept quiet about it, didn't tell anyone, and... Um, You know, even Jenna was saying how because Elena's father was a doctor, he was able to just fill in the information without anyone questioning. I do understand that Elena's lucky to have been adopted by them, but I just found it weird how they did it all like hush hush in secret and got it all on paper. Like, I just felt it wasn't morally right to just do that in secret and... I don't get how everyone would believe that it's Miranda's child because we see that Mystic Falls is a small town. Everyone knows everyone. And how would Miranda hide the fact that she wasn't that she was that she wasn't pregnant? Because surely they would see her out and about in the town with a pregnant belly unless she was in hiding or something. So, yeah, it's just these small details that gets you to question. But, you know, as I always say, it's a TV shows so like If we consider every single small plot loophole, there's like not an end to it. But Jenna reveals an extremely important detail that the name of Elena's birth mom is Isabel, which at the end of the episode we find out is a very crucial point. We have some dry sarcasm kind of banter going on between Stefan and Damon, which I absolutely love. I find it hilarious. Stefan mentioned something like, are you on your diabolical plan, the sequel? And Stefan is actually saying that he will help get Catherine out um, as long as the other vampires stay put. You know, Damon and Catherine can leave town and Damon seems doubtful about this. I too was surprised when I saw this because I didn't think that Stefan would want to take the risk of the other vampires possibly escaping. And then Stefan says that it's Damon that is the one who has been a liar throughout all these years, which is questionable because Stefan has lied a lot too. He literally lied to Elena since he first met her. And even this whole, oh, I will help you get Catherine out facade is also a lie as well he doesn't want to help which is revealed at the end of the episode so I'd say that both of them are liars and I'd say in order to survive successfully as a vampire you do have to kind of be a good liar because otherwise people are going to find out what you really are and be after you. Elena is getting ready for the dance and we see that the compass is on the bed. And she starts blow drying her hair and because of her using the hairdryer, um, it's assumed that she can't hear the compass start flickering and moving. And so when she finally notices it, she panics. She rushes to call Stefan, but of course, Stefan has forgotten his phone. So it's Damon who answers and he says that Stefan is on his way so then we see that Elena is relieved because obviously the compass reacts to vampires therefore Elena thinks it's probably just the compass reacting to Stefan then we see this really creepy vampire on the ceiling like that shot was really really good it was literally like a slasher like scream kind of movie and just when he's going to attack Elena luckily thank goodness Stefan comes in to save the day and then I think this was supposed to be like an advert break, um, but we cut to the next scene and Damon is here too in the Gilbert house. I just feel that he can't help but be invested and concerned about Elena and her well-being. He's curious as to who this mysterious vampire is. Damon mentions that he was invited in. This vampire, you know, pose as a pizza delivery guy, he's been invited in. So Damon says that they have to get him tonight. And he makes a valid point that it's not just... Elena, you know, herself that she has to think about. But Jenna and Jeremy are also in danger too because he's been invited in, he can come in anytime, who knows what he'll do to them. But on the other hand, Stefan thinks it's too dangerous to try to go and take him down. This is a recurring theme that you'll see throughout the Vampire Diaries on the whole Stefan versus Damon thing. Stefan tends to always want to keep Elena safe. Whereas Damon is the action taker, even if it's a risk, He wants to, even if it's a risk, he wants to put it into action and get results. And Elena decides to go with Damon on this. Um, She agrees that it's best to go to the dance. She'll be safe with Stefan and Damon on both her sides and to take down this vampire. And we have our next event, major event of the Mystic Falls, and it is the 50s dance. It looks so good. I love, love, love the theme dances. Like, I really wish that I could go to a decade dance. I've never had that in my high school slash college life, but I'm sure there's some decade dances I can go to in the future. Um, But yeah, it's just, it looks so fun, you guys. And we see Elena, Damon, and Stefan walk in together, and I just love this trio. I love that we got loads of scenes of them working as a free. And you see Alaric in the dance, and he's staring at Damon. Like he he knows that, that is the vampire that killed his wife. Um So there's there's a bit of tension between there. But then Jenna, of course, meets up with Alaric, and he has to act like things are normal. And Jenna obviously is also a former student of the school. And she mentions that they do a 60s and a 70s dance too, which I am really, really looking forward to. Um, I think the rate they go at is usually there's one decade dance per season, I believe. And of course, this will only last when they're students. So later on seasons, there's no more decade dances but they throw epic dance parties and balls, not just decade dances. So lots and lots of events to look forward to. So we have um, a little girl time. We have Elena, Bonnie, Caroline talking together, and Bonnie is asking what Damon is doing that. which is true because he's not a student. He doesn't really need to chaperone. So why is he there? And I do believe that if Caroline wasn't there at that moment, Elena would probably have revealed to Bonnie about the whole mystery vampire that was at the house and how they had to take him down and I believe that if Bonnie would have knew she would have definitely been on board to help as well but of course Caroline doesn't know about vampires so she couldn't say anything she just had she just had to you know play it normal and then Caroline throws in a funny comment she says is it a freesome now you and the Salvatore brothers and I couldn't help but be reminded of Catherine Catherine, 1864 so elena says that if she's gonna date stefan then she has to tolerate damon and she says it's not like i can kill him and then bonnie's like "Mm, there's a fault." and then we have bonnie and caroline teaming up um switching back to jenna and alaric they're talking about his wife and jenna is saying that hopefully one day you'll find answers Alaric says, hope so. And then we have this scene where he's looking at Damon. He wants revenge on Damon, you guys. And then all of the girls are basically avoiding Damon. Everyone's done with him. So Damon asks Elena. So Damon asks Elena to dance. And Elena says, I'd love to. And then she asks Stefan, "Uh, may I have this dance? And she walks off, leaving Damon all alone. We also have this zoom up to the mystery guy in the hoodie. The mystery vampire in the hoodie is at the dance. And so Elena and Stefan are... Sorry, I'm just like browsing through like these random moments in the dance till we get to the big part. So Elena is asking lightly, you know, what the 50s was like to Stefan because he lived through it. He literally lived through it. So first-hand experience, you can hear. It's a rare experience. So... Elena's like, oh, my image is like it's all varsity sweaters, grease, milkshakes, you know, but Stefan answers it really seriously, Um, like segregation, a war or something. So it was kind of heavy, like I think Elena wanted to ask in like a light way as to what it was like, but Stefan was pretty serious about it. But Elena just brushes it off and says, "Okay, but what a poodle skirt so she she, she doesn 't want to hear the heavy stuff right now she has a she has a lot going on already. her mystery vampire's been invited in and is after her, so she just wants to keep things light and enjoy the dance. We see Anna at the dance, oh my gosh, she invited herself to the dance. you guys you just can 't get rid of Anna and this was the point where I was really getting frustrated at Anna when I first started watching it but now knowing she's a vampire and it was all an act it's just so so relieving. So we're going to take a little break from the decade dance and switch to the grill so it looks like Bonnie and Caroline left the party pretty early and they both are headed to the grill to see their crushes. You know Caroline kind of susses out that Bonnie is eyeing up the bartender which is Ben and Caroline makes this comment that Ben is just a washed up jock He pours drinks for a living. You could do better. And of course, the timing was just so awful because Matt was listening. Switching back to the Decade Dance, um, Alaric formally introduces himself to Damon and says that he's the history teacher of Mystic Falls High. And Damon says, ah, the cursed faculty position, Um, which is funny because Damon was the one that you know, killed Mr. Tanner way back in episode three. Like, that feels like ages ago. You know, now everything has become way more supernatural. There's more vampires. There's even witches. Yeah, it feels so nostalgic already, right? I'm kind of guessing that by now, you know, obviously Alaric knows that Dame is a vampire. He Newer vampires from the beginning. So, Mr. Tanner being killed by an animal attack to him was probably him Mr. Tanner being killed by a vampire. And when Damon says that he's Damon Salvatore, Alaric makes the connection when hearing the last name. Um, he says, Oh, Stefan. And then Damon says that he's Stefan's legal guardian. They don't have any other family. And he says that Stefan hasn't been attending much to classes due to family drama. Yeah, there's been a lot of drama. And Alaric keeps asking questions like, have you been traveling? How long have you been in Mystic Falls? And blah, blah, blah. And you see that Damon is really smart. He gets suspicious really easily. And also, Alaric is pretty smart too because he can suss out that Damon's getting su- suspicious. So Alaric cuts off the convo pretty quickly and walks off. And to that, we can go back to the grill again. Um. So Bonnie goes to approach Ben at the bar counter and... You know bonnie is saying how she's trying to prove a point and ben says does that mean you're asking me out on a date and he asks what bonnie has in mind and bonnie literally says the worst choice you could have for a first date she says karaoke i don't think that karaoke would be the most appropriate choice for a first date i mean first of all you can't even really talk to each other that much and secondly you could be really insecure about the singing and say like you're really bad at singing that might put off the other person i don't know um whereas in japan of course i lived in japan and in japan we do have a very big karaoke culture like high school students go to karaoke it's pretty cheap there's literally everywhere you can find karaoke places so if it was japan maybe it would be considered okay as a first date i never would think that she would blurt out karaoke like i'd think it would be like a dinner like a coffee date or Movie or something. Um, But I'd find a coffee date would be like the easiest first date to have, whereas dinner it's like pretty full on. Um, But Ben basically flat out says no, like he doesn't like karaoke, but he would like to go on a date. So I guess that means we'll see them maybe go on a date in future episodes. And Caroline is sitting alone, Matt walks past, and Caroline says, seriously? Um, sorry, I tried to do an American accent, probably failed. And this seriously phrase, it kind of becomes a catchphrase. I mean, I don't want you to find out any spoilers if you haven't watched it. But if you have, you know, you can literally go on to YouTube, put, type in the search bar, Caroline seriously, and there's like compilations of the amount of times she says seriously throughout the season. Matt is saying that he needs to work and that's the kind of thing that washed up jocks do. So he's, you know, basically throwing a jab there, like implying that he heard um, Caroline's comment from earlier. So we will get a Caroline and Matt scene at the end of the episode. But for now, I think that's the end for the grill. And we're going back to the 50s dance where it's all going to kick off. So, you know, we see Anna being really desperate and pushy again. She's literally helping Jeremy out. And Jeremy even says, you know, you don't even go to school here. You don't need to help clean up the place. And she casually drops in that she wants to borrow Jeremy's ancestor's journal to take a look at it. And Jeremy says that he doesn't have it. And then... Anna is saying, well, of course you don't have it here at the party, but I can walk you home, and she's being really, really desperate, okay? At first, she manages to play it cool, but you see her start to panic when Jeremy says that he gave it to the history teacher, and she's saying, like, you can't just give it to anyone, but then, <laughs> from Jeremy's point of view, it's like, oh, so I can't give it to my teacher or anyone else, but I can give you the journal it's like they're not even that close right they've seen each other a few times at like the library and the grill and anna's really starting to panic she's getting bad at keeping her call and she gets vampires so this is where it's revealed that she is a vampire you guys i was so excited i'm so excited to finally be able to like reveal that she's a vampire it's hard to remember my reaction for the very first time i watched vampire diaries for like every single moment but I do think that I didn't notice Anna's ring that I pointed out in the previous episode. So I genuinely thought that she was just this random homeschool child like being really awkward and pushy. Um, but yes, rewatching watching it, it was, it was funny to see her try and put on that act. So Anna's a vampire. We don't know much about Anna's past yet. All we know by the end of the episode is that she wants to get the tomb open. Of course, I know the reason why, but I'm not going to reveal it yet. Yeah, she gets the vampires, she looks away. And so Jeremy obviously doesn't know that she's a vampire. She just says that she got something in her eye and then she rushes off. So we've seen in previous episodes that Stefan sometimes got vampires in front of Elena. And it was mainly due to lust. But um, vampires can happen during any emotion. You know, when they're angry, it's basically when their emotions are heightened and they're really, really strong emotions. That's when they get vampires and then we have this super super cute scene of Stefan and Elena dancing like he's throwing her up in the air and it's really cute I don't want to sound like a broken record but just to point out I am very much a Delena shipper but whenever I see the early seasons of Vampire Diaries it makes me question like am I really a Delena shipper but then in the later on seasons there's like really good moments between Damon and Elena um, but yeah, in the early seasons, it's really, it's just so sweet, like, the two of them. So, uh, the sweetness is gonna come to an end, though, because we have some vampire drama that is going to happen. So, it's revealed that the mystery pizza delivery guy Vampire and Anna actually know each other. So, they meet up in the hallway of the school, and their plan is to get the journal. And Anna is saying to leave the girl alone, leave Elena alone. But then um, this guy, I'm just gonna say his name now, um, Noah. Noah is saying that he, Noah is saying that she looks like Catherine. Literally, all the vampires, like everyone, is so obsessed with Catherine. So here we know that in order for them to know Catherine, it must mean that they've been around since the 18th century. So you know they're like, they're like 150 years old or something. You know Anna is saying that Catherine is in the tomb. Um, So this, again, reveals that both of them very much know about the tomb and they want to open it. And then Anna is saying that she's with the Salvatore brothers, so he should just give up, stay away. Um, Which probably means that the Salvatore brothers, well, Damon and Stefan, probably would know Anna from 1864. But of course, we haven't seen any face-to-face interaction between them yet. Um, Maybe Anna is doing this intentionally, so they don't find her out And then he walks off and he says again that she looks like Catherine. So Nora is clearly obsessed with Catherine, which only bites him in the back later on because that is the cause of his death, his obsession over Catherine. Damon is dancing with this random girl and Elena spots a hooded guy and she says to Stefan, that's the guy. So Stefan goes chasing after him. When he finally catches up, we find out it's a different guy and he was given this hoodie on purpose, probably to get Elena alone. So Elena gets a phone call and she's told to go to the exit or he'll snap Jeremy's neck. So she runs, um, she runs through the hallway and then she finally runs to the cafeteria. And, of course, because he's a vampire, Noah has finally catched up with Elena. He's literally about to bite her, but Elena stabs him multiple times with pencils. I really thought that Elena was such a quick thinker at this moment, and she was pretty strong. She fought pretty well until, you know, of course, Damon and Stefan came to save her. So here it's revealed that it doesn't have to be a stake. Well, to kill a vampire, you have to stake them in the heart, but any wooden objects stabbed through their body would hurt them but of course if it's a small object they can just pull it out but it does give you like a few seconds to prepare or get another weapon so she breaks the mop in half like it's easy like i was really surprised that she managed to break the mop that easy i wouldn't imagine it to snap so to snap without any strength um but unfortunately noah recovered and now he's not going to get caught off guard he throws the mop away Just when we think that Elena is in danger, Stefan and Damon have come to the rescue. And again, I love this trio. I love the Stefan-Damon-Elena trio. And they stake him in the stomach, so he's not dead yet. So they do this purposefully so they can get some questions out of him to find out what his whole motive is. Noah reveals that she looks like Catherine. So Damon is like, you knew her? And then Noah said, you thought you were the only ones. So it seems like Catherine was really seducing the whole town of Mystic Falls back in 1864. Noah, you know, obviously knew about Damon and Stefan, but it seems that Damon and Stefan don't remember him, don't remember him or don't know him from 1864. Um. So yeah, when I was watching this, I kind of questioned, was he originally a vampire or did Catherine turn him and because he was only in this one episode we didn't get much info so apparently Catherine turned him and that's all the info i found out so yeah she's just been going around turning guys into vampires and making them fall in love with her i guess and then noah mentions about the grimoire and how in order to get the grimoire um they need jonathan gilbert's journal that's the way to get in the tomb but he said that he can't say who he's working with they'll have to kill him And so they've got all the information out of him. He's been invited in. He's a risk. So Stefan stakes Noah and he's dead. When this whole thing is happening, we see a shadow in the hallway, um, which was, of course, Alaric. So I believe that Alaric witnessed this, but he's just pretending like he didn't see anything. So Damon vamps speeds to him and attempts to compel Alaric. The way you can tell that he's trying to compel is by the whole eye movement, like the eye pupils get bigger. And Alaric really does well. Like, he genuinely looks like he was being compelled in that moment. But then, once Damon leaves, we find out that he was holding vervain Really, really good acting. Because when I first saw this, I genuinely thought he was being compelled. Um, So he reacted pretty quickly, pretty well. And secondly, where is this vervain from? Because I remember in the first episodes, they were acting like vervain was a big secret, like... It was a rare thing. You remember Zach was growing it secretly, and then Carol was saying like they didn't have much vervain stock. All that they had was what the parents left them. So I don't know, but Alaric seems to be getting vervanes from different sources. And yeah, he's smuggling it in front of different sources. So yes, and then oh yes, I completely forgot. Anna. Anna was also in the hallway too, and she saw Noah get killed by um, Damon and Stefan, but of course she rushes off. So I think that's the end of the 50s dance. So it was cut off shortly with the whole vampire drama and everyone's at their homes now and we have a scene with Damon and Stefan. So it looks like the decade dance has finished, unfortunately, and Damon and Stefan are back home and Damon has agreed to Stefan's deal. So the deal is that they will kill the 26 other vampires, release Catherine, and once Catherine is released... Damon will agree to leave town with her. When I first saw this moment I genuinely thought that Stefan was willing to help him, which I was surprised about because before he was really against letting just even the possibility of the tomb vampires coming out. And then of course it all makes sense because at the end Stefan admits to Elena that he's lying to Damon about helping out with the tomb and he's not going to let it happen but he was worried to tell Elena about this because he felt that Elena and Damon had bonded recently over their whole road trip and everything but Elena has agreed to help Stefan so although we saw this really cool trio we saw Damon, Elena, Stefan working together this episode there's bro- there's working together this episode there's probably going to be some tension if Damon finds out that they're lying to him so we'll see that in the next episode or second episode I think I think we have three more scenes to talk about so the next scene is between jenna and alaric so alaric is walking jenna back home from the dance and alaric asks her out on a date so it looks like things are going well between them and you know things are going to get romantic but just when we think so alaric says he'll keep the isabel talk to a minimum so jenna is like wait isabel is that the name of your wife and alaric says yes and She was originally from Virginia, near Mystic Falls. So obviously, earlier on in the episode, um, we see that Jenna reveals to Elena that the only information they have about her birth mom is that she's called Isabel. And so it kind of clicks here. There's this possibility that Isabel could be Elena's mom. If so, it's very sad for Elena because... Even if she manages to find out who her birth mom is, allegedly, um, from what Alaric says, Isabel is dead and Isabel was killed by Damon. So there's going to be a lot and lot of tension. You know, we literally just saw Lena and Damon bonding in the road trip episode. But if this comes out, who knows what will happen and another scene is a cute we have a cute rom-com scene by caroline and matt so caroline is walking back from the dance as well matt is in the truck and he's like get in the truck but she doesn't she's keeps walking away so he runs out the truck he runs to her and they kiss and that moment itself was such a cute scene it was like from a movie but he literally ruins it straight after by smiling and saying this will never work And in honor of Caroline's seriously meme, I'm going to say seriously to that. Because, you know, even if you think that, don't say that straight after you kiss for the first time. Um, But who knows? Maybe they might become boyfriend and girlfriend. Maybe they won't. We'll see. Um, And then the very last scene. Oh my gosh, the very last scene. A lot was revealed. So we have Ben, the former high school jock, wa- or the so-called washed-up jock by Caroline, um, is locking up the Mystic Grill. He's about to leave. And we see Anna. And we see Anna vamp-speed to him. And at first we think, you know, Anna's going to attack him because now we know Anna is a vampire. Ben is a former student. But we find out that Ben is a vampire too. So basically, we've had this, the epic trio, Stefan, Damon, and Elena working together, but we now have a new trio on the sidelines, which is Anna, Ben, and Noah. Um, so they're all kind of working together, um, but she revealed that Noah is dead because he didn't stick to the plan. So they're all planning together to open up this tomb to get the journal. I mean, I get it for Anna and Noah, they were alive since the 18th century, so. You know, they might have people they know inside the tomb. And of course, Noah had that obsession over Catherine. But for Ben, Ben is clearly a newbie vampire because he was literally a normal high school student. So I'm guessing he was probably turned by Anna, maybe. I don't know like a few years ago or something because he did mention that it hasn't been long since he graduated and everyone knew him so he's a new vampire and i'm guessing that it's because he and anna are together anna probably turned him so they're like a couple and so they were working as a trio but noah's dead and anna doesn't really seem to have much emotion about it she said you know his obsession got the better of him and ben said the witch is crushing on me so you know, obviously, we know that Ben and Anna are a couple, so Anna trying to approach so Anna trying to get close with Jeremy is the same as Ben getting close to Bonnie they're just doing this to they're just manipulating them so they can be of use for their plan to get what they want, and you know, I guess Anna wanted to get close to Jeremy to get access to this journal, but I was thinking the reason the only reason possible as to why Ben would get close to Bonnie is because he knows she's a witch. So maybe she's needed for a spell or it's because of the grimoire. Um, You know, we do know that it was a Bennett witch who closed up the tomb. So maybe they need a Bennett witch to open up the tomb or they just need the grimoire. And then Mr. Sandman plays and that's the end of the episode i actually really like this version of mr sandman some of the rewatch podcasts i saw didn't like this version apparently and yeah so i really enjoyed it and it has been going viral recently like slow versions of mr sandman you'll see on like instagram reels it's been going pretty viral so that is the end of the episode. Let's summarize up my thoughts and I'll say my favorite and least favorite characters. So I would say that I did love the Decade Dance. I love the costumes. And as I said, each Decade Dance episode is really, really good. I know I just enjoy those kind of like Decade themed things anyways. But I would say that overall, this episode isn't like one of my top episodes of the series i'd say it's more of like a build-up episode for the mid-season plot Um, so we're really getting into this tomb chapter here and it looks like we're really getting close to something happening because now we know that there's the gilbert journal that has some clues and possibly a grimoire will be found soon and i'd say another big storyline that is developing apart from the whole tomb situation is isabel So a lot is being connected. You know, we literally just found out Elena was adopted. Um, We found out that Alaric's wife was attacked by Damon. And now it's revealed that they both had the same name. So I really think that this is a a huge storyline that is going to pop up for the rest of the season. Without revealing the contents, I will confirm that it is going to very much become a storyline. There's going to be some tension. So really, really looking forward to that. And I love how we were introduced to more vampires this episode. I mean, Noah, of course, was very short lived. But there's Noah, Anna and Ben. So it's just exciting to see more vampires. And I did mention... Um, in my first few podcast episodes that for some people might tune out of the early episodes because it's too like high school drama-ish but if you keep watching it's literally full of supernatural events it's really exciting and I'm just looking forward to the next episode I really really enjoy doing this week by week format because I have to admit that Nowadays, like we stream TV shows, there's no way to really stop ourselves from just binge watching the whole thing, unless you're like waiting for something to come week by week, for example, like Real Housewives, Vanderpump Rollers, I have to wait week by week. But for TV shows, nowadays, we just binge watch it. And I do think that although it's fun to do a binge watching session, I think that watching one episode per week it makes you feel more excited to watch the next one and it really gets the storyline in your head whereas if you watch it all in one go you're gonna miss out some of the details especially for vampire diaries it can be overwhelming sometimes because so much stuff happens in one episode so yeah next episode is episode 13 children of the damned and I think that We might see more Catherine 1864. There might be some flashbacks. So I'm really looking forward to that. Let's decide my favorite and least favorite characters for this episode. Um, Favorite, I'm going to have to go with the trio. The trio, Damon, Stefan, and Elena. So like not, I mean, I like them all individually, but I'm just going to say like them as a trio working together was my favorite (laughs) overall character. Um... Least favourite character, I'm going to have to go with Noah because he was just really stalkerish and obsessed over Catherine slash Elena. And although Anna and Ben are kind of manipulating Jeremy and Bonnie, um, I'm kind of interested in their storyline. They're making things exciting. So they're not included for my least favourite. My least favourite is noah so yeah like i said next episode is episode 13 we're already over halfway through season one which is just crazy how the time goes by so quickly i do want to mention as of this morning we are currently at 99 plays so just one more play and we'll be at 100 plays so i'm so so happy i know that it's been growing slowly, but I really appreciate everyone who's been listening to our podcast. And I did want to give you guys a quick um, notice about scheduling. So obviously, I post this podcast every Sunday. And I did mention how I follow the real scheduling of the Vampire Diaries. So after episode 14, Vampire Diaries took a spring hiatus. It was like for one month and a one month and a half. And instead of doing like a one week break of no episodes like I did with the winter hiatus I'm going to do bonus episodes instead and it's going to be four weeks of bonus episodes so yes I will be gone for a long time but episode 14 I believe does leave you at a real good cliffhanger so I just thought it would be good to kind of like give a little break to make it all the more exciting. So, the bonus episodes are going to be the vampire movies that were mentioned by Anna in the previous episode. Um the bonus episodes are going to be of course vampire related media and they are both and they are all um vampire media that was mentioned by Anna and Jeremy in the previous episode. So in the previous episode they were talking about having like a binge watch of vampire movies and Um, I believe they mentioned Near Dark and Lost Boys. So Near Dark is just one movie. Um, Lost Boys, after doing research, I found out is a trilogy. There's three movies. So I'm going to take four weeks break off the Vampire Diaries and just cover each movie per week. So I'm going to be watching it and just giving you guys my thoughts. Um, So yeah, if you've never watched a movie, I think it'll be interesting to like do... You know to watch it together and to hear my commentary if you have already saw it maybe you'll enjoy hearing my thoughts on it so yeah just to let you guys know there's, there's gonna be a break between the vampire diaries content but don't worry i'll be coming back so whenever there's any vampire related media uh, mentioned in the vampire diaries i like to kind of watch that media as well um They did mention Twilight. Um, Damon did mention Twilight in like episode three or something, but Twilight has a couple of movies and there's the soundtrack, and then like there's, yeah, there's more things I want to cover for Twilight. So Twilight, I'm gonna be saving for after season one, I think, just so I can kind of compare the whole Love Triangle story and everything. So, yeah, that's about it for like my updates. So, um, If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it if you save this podcast, um, if you spread the word to any other vampire lovers, horror lovers, and I will see you next week for my next episode. So I will end this episode with my favorite song of today, which was Mr. Sandman.